going home. 190 pounds later, man, look at me. Got all my stuff packed, tank. Thank you to all the doctors and nurses. Thank you, God, family prayers. Going home. <coughs> I'm excited. Look how much weight I lost. Start changing things up. What's up, everybody, man? This is your boy, Jose Cruz, your favorite Native American. Let me say that again. Your favorite Native American. Because I just watched, or not just, but I've watched like two or three times that new movie, Pray, with my homegirl, my fellow Native American Amber Mid Thunder. Oh my gosh, that's a dope movie. If you guys aren't into Predator, you guys need to get into Predator. And this is the movie to get on. But yes, your favorite Native American. Before I before I do a review on that, man, I, let's get into the show, man. I just want to tell you guys, I love you guys. Man, these past uh, few guests we've had, man, have been life-changing. Just real dope. You know, last week we had... Mia Natalia, shout out to Mia, girl. Your story is crazy. Man, I'm praying for big things for you. I'm praying that you walk and run and get back to just living and not just so much being a miracle because you survived. No, living out the miracle because you survived it and you were healed from it. So I believe him for that. Go check out that podcast. And the week before... Man, we had my boy Mike T from 559 Fights. A dope guy, man. I know we talked MMA. I know we talked boxing. I know we talked about, you know, old guys like me that may may or may not want to get into the MMA game and start fighting at 41. But no, that's not me. Check out that podcast. And the week before, shout out to my man Edward Thomas with the Kick It Outreach Ministry. Man, those guys gave out over 100, 800, I'm sorry, 800 pairs of shoes. He says, and not one student left without. Everybody had got, every student got shoot. And the turnout and the support was huge. I I was following that all week before that podcast release. And oh my goodness, man. Shout out to you, Edward. I'm looking, looking forward to partnering with you on your next event because we've already chopped it up. We got something planned. No details yet, but I know we are going to be doing something dope, man. So you guys stay tuned for that. And we got the wifey on here. What's up, Laura? Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, happy anniversary. That's what I, this podcast is. Today's August 26th. <clears throat> and this time a year ago, man, I'll be real, man. I was in the hospital dying. And this is an anniversary podcast, I would say, for me getting COVID, Delta variant, double pneumonia, COVID double pneumonia. And I was hospitalized. Um, yeah, so this is what this podcast is going to be about. I mean, I hope I can get through this because, I mean, it, it's very traumatizing still. There's still things I I, I I don't know that I'm facing still or it just brings back weird feelings, especially because I still deal with that shortness of breath. You know, and I feel pressure in my chest. I feel all that weirdness. Like I feel my arms like, the side effects and stuff that I've had 
you know, from all the shots, the blood trans or not transfusion, but the blood shots and the thinners, like my whole right arm from my three fingers here still sore, numb. You know, I can't feel them still. So my grip is not there. Same thing with my left arm, um, my stomach, because they were giving me um, steroids. You know, I still have a like bruises from all the um, needles I was taking every day. So because of that, that gave me um, the steroids gave me made me a diabetic. So I had to take insulin. So, the, <clears throat> excuse me, all the insulin shots I was taking when I was home. <clears throat> so yeah, happy anniversary, man. I'm still here. And yep. that's why this podcast is called Still Here Podcast. And I wanna I wanna put this out there, man. I I, I haven't looked at these videos um that I shot. I shot like a couple of videos, took some pictures. You know, when I'm in there, I'm not thinking about content creating. When I was in the hospital, I wasn't thinking about, oh, I'm gonna tell this story. To, you know, to bring awareness to what happened. No, that wasn't my, I was trying to survive. I was trying to breathe and I didn't give a damn yeah. <laughs> about content. And a part of me wish I did, but even when I was home, you know, we were, I was just way too busy, just tr literally trying to breathe, you know? And so to kind of like get into this, um, yeah, last year this time, man, I would say mid-August, I, I was shooting a couple of podcasts with some friends with the other show. I had on my boy, Jonathan, and I had a um, good friend of mine, Vasily. And then right after that, I it happened. Um, I hit those guys, and I'm like, look, dude, I got COVID. I'm sorry. And these guys are like, I'm back. So we're good. So they got, they were fine. They, you know, then they asked me the... The question, are you vexed? And I'm like, no, then, you know, then you get the kind of silent judgment. But, you know, even though they probably weren't, but, you know, that's kind of like the vibe, mm -hmm. at least I got. But um, but those guys are good dudes, man. <clears throat> so I let them know. And I didn't want to be that guy that doesn't tell people that, hey, I have COVID and I get everyone sick. Because that's pretty much what happened to me. Um, <clears throat> whether this person did it on purpose or not, or was just like, you know, I don't care, or I don't know. I don't know anybody's intentions, but we told them like, look, stay, you're sick. You don't have allergies. It's midsummer, bro. <clears throat> and there's nothing blooming, man. Everything's probably just dying because of the heat. So there's no, no allergies, man. You got COVID stay home. And it's like, nah, we're good. We'll shoot a pod. And we end up shooting a pod. And that's how I got it. And so, <clears throat> I would say to kind of get into this, my family, all of us got COVID. We, we, we were hit and I wanted to take a test, you know, whether this podcast gets canceled or whatever, or I don't care. I'm putting this word out, man. I'm putting this on my website. Um, but <clears throat> so my wife, man, trooper went and got me a home test from CVS. I was the only one that took this test. You know, as I took the test, man, I would say the next day, I just, I, it, I plummeted down, straight down. And I was, I was fighting it. I was trying to be strong mentally and all that, physically, emotionally, all that. And I was, you know, it's like, you know, I need I need to keep moving because I heard all these guys, you know, my main laws are telling me that, hey, you need to keep moving. People die because they don't move. They just want. 
So I went outside in the backyard, <clears throat> laid a blanket down and just try to get some sun, get that vitamin D, get that natural, just that natural vitamins, you know, the sun. But that didn't help. And I got up, went inside the house because my wife and kids, were they were laid out. They were done. And I just said, babe, I got to go. It was like two in the morning. And I was like, I got to go. And my buddy at that time, um, he was in the hospital, the one that got me, gave me COVID. So he was at Kaiser. And I was like, dude, I got to go to Kaiser. So he was there about a week before us. And so I was hitting him up. But when I found out he got, he was hospitalized, I didn't know I had it. So I was hitting him up, trying to say, look, if you guys need anything, we're there. Boom, we're there. We're there for you and your wife. We're there. You know, and we made our, made sure we wanted to help. So when I was hospitalized, I had my wife and she was sick. She dropped me off at Kaiser. And we, you know, we, because again, I don't go to the hospital. I don't go for boo-boos. I don't go for checkups. Maybe obviously I should now more than ever. <clears throat> um, but she dropped me off on the other side. So it took a minute, man, for me to even get to that spot where to walk in. And there was a lot of people walking in. I remember this day. Mm -hmm. Huh, Laura? When yeah. you dropped me off, I had to it call you. It was packed. It was packed. And they were all, I would say 98% of it were all COVID cases. And so the security guard, man, God bless him, man. He was like, you, you have COVID? I'm like, dude, yeah, I need help. I, I couldn't breathe. I had, we packed. What I, you know, what I thought, hey, I'll be in the hospital for a few days, six, mm -hmm. seven days, the most. He's like, dude, it's on the other side and you got to go. I was like, I got to walk. So I called Laura. And here I'm breathing for my dear life. Every, everything was just a struggle. Mm. So I called my wife and she's sick and she's not as hit as hard as me with the breathing. Right. Yeah. You were just like, you felt. I was just, I felt super nauseated. Yeah. And just weak. And I just, I seriously felt like my brain just didn't want to function. Mm -hmm. It was just like on autopilot. But yeah. yeah. So she picked me back up, took me all the way around because I knew I couldn't make it. She dropped me off and I knew that was like, that was going to be it. I felt like I was going to be, I wasn't going to come home. I was going to die. And I got admitted. And man, it happened quick. Um, when I sat in the emergency, I was there for five minutes 10 minutes the most and they called me and they wheeled me in and I'm suffocating there. I'm like trying to breathe. And so they take me and take all my vitals, man, these nurses, man, this, these guys just had a mask that didn't protect from nothing. And, but they were touching people. They were, they had gloves on. They're very wrapped up. You know, I would say they had the N95 mask. That's very common at the ER. But as I got admitted, I was waiting. I got a room. Basically, I was waiting for a room to be opened up on the COVID level, the COVID floor. <clears throat> so they started pumping me full of oxygen. And all these numbers, all these things were going through my head. And all I kept thinking about, and this was my whole mindset there. I want to leave. I want to go home. I want to leave. Just give me my medicine. I want to go home. And so my mindset wasn't right. I just wanted to leave and I didn't, I, it, it was even against my better judgment on that. I know I'm sick, but I just want to be home. 
And not knowing the best place for me to be is in the hospital mm -hmm. because the treatment I was getting. So they they were making me get up and it's like, Jose, you got, or, you know, you got Mr. Cruz, you got to put on these robes. And, you know, I didn't want to because once you put them on, you're admitted. And, you know, I, and I at that time, too, I was like, I don't want to have that mentality of sick. I'm going to fight through this, man, my pride, my ego, you know, whatever. So after like three, four hours waiting in that um, room, they I finally got a room. And I think that's kind of where it went downhill for me because that I do believe I got the Delta variant. I do believe I got it from that test because I know I've heard many, many conspiracies, all you people that hate them or, you know, or love them because I was the only one in my family that got hit like that. And it, I was the only one that took that test. So, man, one plus one, man, is two, you know. You know, A, B, C, D, E equals F, G, all that. And it was very obvious. So when they came in, they started giving me all these uh, pills to fight it, the vitamins. They gave me all that. So they're treating me different, you know, because they did a CT scan. And now I'm going based off my memory. And it's been a year, you know, and I don't remember a lot. but. I remember taking the scan. I was scared, man, because I just felt the claustrophobia hit. And I'm getting in this tube, just, you know, it's laying down. And I don't know. No, this was the first time. So they got my scans. Doctor comes out, and he and he's very blatant with me. He's like, dude, your lungs are effed up. I'm like, I can tell, man. I'm breathing, you know, da-da-da-da. It's hard. So we did the scans. We did all that. My lungs were full. My either right or left, you know, one was like 85% full of fluids and the other one was like 65, 70. So they're really damaged. And I couldn't breathe. I just, it just went downhill, you know. And, and a lot of uh, the instructions that the nurses are giving me, <clears throat> basically, they were telling me, you need to stay on your stomach. It's going to, you got to be prone. You got to be prone. And the whole time I'm prone, I'm not getting up, being active, trying to like, you know, get my, you know, keep, just keep my strength and keep my body going. I just let it die out, you know? And so I end up moving to the, the intensive care floor of COVID. And this is where obviously everyone's isolated. Me and my, uh, me and the other guy that got me sick was on the same floor and we would FaceTime each other. And he was actually doing a little bit better to be released and, and so it hit me the worst. And all I remember is I need to keep calling my wife. I need to call certain people. And there were five individuals that I knew, which sidebar, why I didn't want to burn any bridges, even though things were have said and been done, you know, or at least been said. You know, I, I wanted to use that moment to say, look, man, I'm at my lowest I need you in my life. I won't name those people. They know who they are. <clears throat> but I took some pictures. You know, I took a picture of me. Um, and I mean, here's one of them popping up, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm fine. I'm doing okay. You know, but man, I wasn't. And I called Laura. I mean, what do I, what do you remember from the communication part on my end, Laura? Um, I, well, obviously you called every day. I think, well, you called like breakfast, lunch, and dinner pretty yeah. much. Check um, on you guys. Yeah. And 
I just remember like on the third day you were there because they were you were you kept asking them, you know, when do you think I could go home? Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, uh, well, probably in three days. Yeah, so it was always on that third day. You were like, I'm going home, but that's when you had your um your or that panic attack of your breathing, mm-hmm. and um that day you didn't call me almost all day. Yeah, you're right. Till the, <laughs> till the evening. And I was like, I kept calling you. Not like crazy, but I was like, I'm worried. You yeah. know, because usually you call me. But again, we were all sick. Yeah, and you're right. I remember that. Because they were telling me, you know, certain times that hey, you're going. Because you, they said you have to be on 5% oxygen. That basically I needed to only be using 5% oxygen for me to leave. Four. Four mm-hmm. percent. So my lungs need to be at ninety six percent, full steam. You know, but I wasn't. I was on the normal air tube, which you guys will see right here. I hope I remember these time codes. I'm about to re-listen to this, but as I'm editing, um, but you'll see this one's just a normal tube. I was on that one, man, and I I don't remember the dosage or the 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 oxygen level I was at then. I would say a couple of days later when I was admitted, I went to the next level, which was um, kind of a stronger oxygen pressure. Mm-hmm. But right after that, my body took a turn for the worse. And it's been a week or week and a half. I think I've already, I'm already in there. And this is like, hey, Dave, and told me after three, four days, I was in there. They're like, you'll be going home in three days. Mm-hmm. I remember because it was like on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then that Thursday... I didn't, that's when I know I didn't call you because that's when everything happened. So it's been a week. I've been by myself and calling, of course, people and calling my family. And, you know, it's just different when you need human contact. Mm -hmm. It's been a week and a half since I had given someone a hug, shaking someone's hand, you know, kiss my wife, kiss my kids. And that human contact I needed, I needed touch, physical touch. So there's this one nurse, don't remember her name, uh, beautiful soul, beautiful spirit. You know, she's leaving and she sees I'm like struggling. And this is before, like. Is this before hydroflow? This before shit hit the fan. Mm-hmm. And so she started noticing my oxygen level going down. And so they're like, it's like six in the morning. No, it was like five in the morning. Yeah, it was really early because mm-hmm. she was off at seven. I remember her schedule. So she called the doctors in. They say put me on this next level is hydroflow. You'll see a picture right here. This this thing is just straight hydration, liquid oxygen getting pumped in there. Just you know, and it, I was receiving air at ninety seven percent. My lungs were only doing one to two percent breathing on its own. And my body wasn't receiving it. Even though it was helping me, my body was saying, this is a threat. And I went into this huge anxiety panic attack. And it took a while for this to take. And I think that's where I felt like I blacked out. And I didn't know at that time, um, cause I believe it happened so fast. Cause that's how fast I feel like I blacked out and came back too. Cause I thought again, I thought I passed out. All I remember is going out. That was a just pure darkness, dark. There was no light. There was no 
harps, no angels. There was the devil wasn't there to take me to hell because I probably deserved it, you know. Like, but I don't know. It just saw dark, and all I remember is coming to you know, like when you see in the movies, the eyes blink open. And you just see, and all I felt, I was getting smacked, kind of like Mr. Cruz, Mr. Cruz, we need you to respond. So I wake up, I'm like, and I'm standing over, and I just felt like this weird sensation, and they're like, oh, okay, he's back. Pump that hydro flow, pump it up more. And so they pumped me up the 99% oxygen. I still wasn't taking it. So I'm on my stomach. They were trying to make me intubate. I was like, I'm not, I don't want to intubate. That's, that's death. So once they said, well, Mr. Cruz, it's you, your body, it's your mind. You got to make yourself receive this. You got to focus. So that's when I knew I needed, I needed prayer. I needed someone to like, look, man, put your hand on my shoulder. You know, my wife, when she knows I'm struggling or stressed or she just knows she can scratch my back, you know, I asked this nurse, I was like, look, nurse, I need, I mean, I don't know if you're a believer. I just need prayer. Can you pray for me? She's like, yeah. I was like, no, can you physically lay your hands on me and pray for me? You know, because I need that touch. You know, she's, she, and she's a, she was a Christian, you know, she's a believer, and I didn't know, <clears throat> and I just asked, and I'm at my lowest, can't breathe, I'm suffocating, I'm on my stomach and crying. I haven't talked to my family all day, and she puts her hand on my shoulder and starts praying. And then she starts like rubbing my back, and I just, for some reason, that calmed me down. See, that's how important it is to have people in your life. That's how important it is to have humans. That's how important it is to not burn your bridge, to burn those bridges, family members, friends, you know, relationships, you know, because there, there will be a day, man, spite your pride, man, that you're going to need people, you know, because we needed people, you know, and this lady that prayed for me, man, that, that, that's what saved me. And once I started taking the hydro flow, I really started feeling a little bit better because I can actually receive that. I wasn't breathing on my own. They had to move me down to, you know, a lower level, which is good, the recovery part of COVID. I mean, because these guys were wearing like Halo, you know, Master Chief helmets because you can see through them, but swooped. And each helmet almost costs like five, six, seven thousand dollars each, or ten thousand dollars, I think. But they moved me into my recovery room, and I was stressed. I mean, here's a picture of me in the restroom trying to get up and these stand in a mirror, you know, look at myself in the mirror. Um, but I started talking to my wife. I'm like, she, she finally. I finally called her after all that. And what did I tell you? What happened? Or I don't remember that that conversation. Uh, you just told me that you left out all the other scary stuff. Yeah, that, that we'll talk had, about you that. You had told me that the picture on hydro flow. But you did tell me about the nurse um, praying for you. But you did say, like, you had to have a reason to live and that yeah all, you, oh, all you had to do was say our names well see yeah you're right i'm sorry you know and that and that point after i recovered when i thought i blacked out because i'll get into that full and a little that part at least a little bit more 
I knew I didn't want to die. There was a there was a scene. There's one of my favorite shows I love watching is Game of Thrones. Thanks for reminding me, Laura. See, that's how bad COVID memory is, man. COVID memory is a big thing. Um, it wipes it out. So when this hydro flow was destroying me, and I knew I felt like I, I, after I recovered, I thought, man, I'm dying again. I'm dying. I'm dead. I'm done. I kind of find I, I kind of found this extra motivation, obviously, man. And my family's always going to be it at my lowest, at my highest. They always will be it. And for hours and hours and hours after I recovered, I kept saying, Laura, Kehlani, Lily, Caleb, Laura. Ke and I just said it for hours loud. And, you know, as I'm talking, I'm like, Laura, Kehlani. I was like, if I'm a die, man, I'm a die speaking, man. At least I, my kids, my family, my wife, man, I said their names. That was the last thing I said. You know, it wasn't going to be, I'm sorry. It wasn't going to be, I'm by myself. I'm scared, whatever. I said my prayers. I, I made my peace with God. And I felt like that's kind of what's put me on his path to get me back on my relationship with him. Cause it is a huge perspective, huge eye opener. But after I said all that, I was like, you know, I'm going out, Laura, Kehlani, Lily, Caleb. And that's when I started to receive that hydro flow. That's when things are turning around. <clears throat> And then I get, uh, that. that's when I go to recovery, to recovery, my room. I had my own room, man. It was a blessing. Um, but I didn't sleep. I didn't eat. You know, if I went to the restroom, man, it was the hardest thing to do. But again, they told me, Ms. Cruz, you're going to have to. And I wasn't, this is, then this is when I left the the ICU part of the floor and went to the, the recovery. They didn't tell me this time to stay prone. They didn't. First time? The first time. I was on my back. They didn't, I, yeah, you're right. I'm, yeah, I don't, they didn't tell me that the first time. I was on my side. And what, what, because when I'm sitting up like this, yeah, I'm sitting straight up because I do have a slouch. The chair is kind of lean back. You're compressing your lungs still like this. I feel it. We normally, as just human beings, we sit like this, but our bodies know how to breathe. But when you're, when you have that, your lungs just annihilated like I did. You need to be on your stomach. And I wasn't told that. I didn't, I didn't know. I, for some reason, they didn't know how bad my immune system was because my recovery felt normal. But my breathing was still tough, man. I, I faked it too, man. I was like, you know, I was trying to go home and that's where my impatience came in. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> And I was making things worse. So about two and a half weeks later, they released me. Well, that was a big deal too because uh, we didn't have your oxygen tanks yet. Yeah, they didn't send us or tell us about and that. And you wanted to leave early, Bad. a day a day early. And they told us, you know, we could give you one tank, but we're not going to, because there was a shortage. Mm -hmm. And like, there's no tanks and we're not going to send you home. And you're like, <clears throat> nothing. And you're, you were so convinced. That you could make it. And then I was, the uh, doctor called me and she's like, uh, Mrs. Cruz, your <clears throat> husband wants to leave. She's all, but let me tell you, if he leaves, he's going to die. Yeah. And in my head, I couldn't, I didn't know what you were um, experiencing. I had no idea. So when someone says, you know, he can't breathe, it's like, of course he could breathe. How can he not breathe? So it it didn't click in my head to where it's like, no, this is very serious. 
Yeah, again, yeah, you're right. Same here. After all that, I was halfway to the hospital, going to pick you up, and the nurse is like, "If you pick him up," or the doctor says, "Like he's going to die. He will not last the night." Yeah. And then I was like, "Well, I don't know what to do because he wants to leave." I was, I don't, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. She goes, "Let me talk to him again," and that's when you're like, "You called me back. Y'all just stay one more day." See, yeah, and see, that's how crazy it gets. That's how much of a mind trip it is. Because you're not sleeping. All you can think about is like, let me just go home and do this at home. Not knowing that at night, my wife, not knowing, it's not that not knowing, it's just the reality is that my wife is not equipped. Our house is not equipped like them. Mm-hmm. The comfort of what was keeping me alive, I didn't appreciate. And... That was my immaturity. That was my impatience. That was my ego. And when I finally just said, yeah, because I realized I couldn't breathe again. And I had to retrain my lungs. I had, And again, I wasn't laying down prone the first time like I was the second time I was there. But again, we'll get into that. But she convinced me and I, I, was, I, I was very rude. Again, man, I just, no sleep. I wasn't sleeping at all. If I was sleeping, it was like I power nap, but still aware that I need air. You know, because you sleep with this tube, you have all these cables and wires, so you just can't. So, man, this is going to be a long podcast. I hope you guys are listening through all this, man, because you're going to see and hear some stuff. So after all of that, I get my percentage down to 4%. And I'm walking. They're making me walk. And I'm fighting it. I'm making it look like I'm good. So we get our oxygen tanks. Mm-hmm. And I start. We go home. Mm-hmm. Well, I picked you up. Waited a long time. But um, finally got you in the car. Obviously, your demeanor looked different. You know, you even just that time in there, you lost weight. Yeah. In there. And I I noticed like when I got you in the car, how weak, how weak you were. And I was like, it was a shock to me. But I was like, oh my goodness. You know, this is kind of weird. I've never seen you in this weak position. Mm -hmm. And I know um, it was hard for you to breathe. You had that little fan with you all the time. And yeah, I had no idea, Mm -hmm. you know, because. We were on the phone the whole time. Yeah. We weren't FaceTiming either. I don't think we were. Um, But yeah, I had a fan. Like when the oxygen at home was, because again, I'm home. I have this fan. I'm sitting there breathing into it because I know I feel like I'm fine. But when I'm in the car, I'm like. Stuffy. Stuffy. And if it was too cold, I couldn't breathe. If it was too hot, I couldn't breathe. If it was stuffy, there had to be this fine line. Mm-hmm. Of of the um, what do you call it? Atmosphere in the car, mm-hmm. in the house, and I get home. I'm wheelchaired in. I see my kids after two and a half weeks. Yeah, and I had to get everything. Like, okay, what is he gonna need? Yeah, he's here. Uh, he's gonna need a wheelchair. He's gonna need, you know, a lot of stuff. So I got everything ready. Yeah, that I needed to. I had no idea. I mean, we bought stuff every day. I made like 
eight trips to CVS every And by day. this time, you're already healed up. You're feeling better. You guys were clear. Yeah. You know, and the kids, it felt like Caleb had, Caleb was the first one that healed up quick. Huh? Yeah, he had like three days. Yeah, and he was up and about. Man, that boy is a, that boy is a beast. Mm-hmm. That boy is a king, man. And the girls healed up. Then Caleb you, honey was next. And then me and Lily lasted about the longest. Yeah, about a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Then you guys healed up, and then that. Then when I got home, man, th- that's kind of where it was just like all, every, all, all hands on deck. Yeah, because I, I, we go, I go, man. What's the first thing I do that night is I take a shower. You wanted to take a shower. I was like, because I didn't take a shower for two and a half weeks. So sponge baths, you know, I smell like crap. You smell like pits. I smell like food or whatever was on me. Um, so here I think I'm fine. Mm-hmm. So I get up, I go in the shower the first time, and I put it on warm, semi-hot warm. I felt okay. I felt like this is normal. I wasn't trying to, because I knew if I moved fast, it was going to, my breathing was going to get hit. But once I turned that shower off, I opened the, the door or the, the shower door, and I opened the bed the door between the bedroom. That once that cold air hit me, my body went into shock. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't breathe. So we had our oxygen machine and tank there with my fan, you know, because the highest it goes is like 5% mm-hmm. on the actual machine. But yeah. the portable tank was um, 13. Um, we could get it up to 15. Yeah. 15. So I was, I was using 20% oxygen. Mm-hmm. My body just almost shut down that yeah. first night. I was like, well, I can't take showers. So once it took like 20, 30 minutes to finally recover, just sitting there, I had to go lay back down. And then the claustrophobia hit me. So I was like, babe, I can't sleep in here. So we turned our living room, mm-hmm. you know, where I slept. <clears throat> the couches we had were pretty crappy. So, you know, Laura bought the memory foam, you laid it down, and that was it. That was my home. Yeah. And I was. St- this is when I wasn't eating still. Mm-hmm. And we bought a portable you know, a lot of you guys probably think it's gross, but we bought bought a portable toilet from the couch to right next to right next to the couch, right in front of me, mm-hmm. and I couldn't move to that. Mm-mm. And when I was doing that, it just get worse. And Lord, making me some good, healthy food, I wasn't eating. And then I just started getting malnourished, and I couldn't sleep. Yeah, you were um, really you wouldn't drink either because you had. We bought insurers because that's what the nurse said. Get him insurers. Like coke or in uh, coconut Peach water. And, yeah, right? coconut water. Yeah. Um, yeah, but even those, it was very rare. Because you chew and breathe at the same time. You drink water, you know, you just like, you know, and you just, that's how bad I couldn't breathe. Yeah. I was afraid to eat. I was afraid to drink, and I didn't. And like, my body. I, I think it was like the third day, and I was like, Aren't you supposed to be getting better? How come yeah. this feels this feels weird? Like it's getting worse. What's going on here? And I think we um still only had one tank, mm-hmm. portable tank, and that only lasts for 40, 40 minutes. minutes. Like on depending full, on full blast. Full blast is probably like 25, 30 minutes. Yeah. So I was like, if you need more oxygen when you take showers or when you're doing something. So that's where we had the question mark, like. What's going on here? Yeah, so that's when I wasn't moving. Um, so I was just laying there. Well, you were trying. Yeah, you I was trying because your mom would tell me we need to move. And, like, you know, we got up. I brought my office chair, 
to the living room. So I would sit there yeah. for a long time, but my my butt would hurt. Yeah. And I felt okay, but again, I wasn't eating, I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't drinking. I was and I was just that's when I think my like you said, it was getting worse. And I think because I wasn't doing any of that, I wasn't moving. It's not like I didn't want to and being stubborn. No, I was physically it was it was impossible because I knew I was afraid. And then I think after a week and a half, like Laura didn't sleep mm-hmm. at all. Cause I was up because she was laying down with one eye open. But everything to me was like I needed to breathe. And this was was trippy part. This is gross, but I became so congested. Mm-hmm. Flam boogers. I mean, I'm talking like rocks. Yeah. Like Tootsie Roll size. I would pull out. And I I didn't realize how bad it congested her because all that fluid was just coming out. Coming out. And I was constantly having to fill up a spit cup of blood. Well, we noticed that your breathing would act up like every hour and a half. And yeah. once you would clog out your nose. <sighs> Felt great. You felt better. For like 20, 30 minutes. And then you would go in there again and then just huge ones coming out. I was like, Yeah, I'll put a picture of it right I was now. All, you guys. Maybe, I go, it's blocking your your airflow. That's what's going on. <laughs> so I mean, that's one thing that you had to do. You had to keep the airflow open. It was weird that that was one of my things that I have experienced. I mean, you guys listening and watching me, if that's you, man, you guys know what I'm going, what I went through. Mm-hmm. And so after all that, I knew Laura wasn't sleeping and I knew I wasn't getting any better. I knew just something was wrong. And I'm contemplating and I'm very moody. Yeah. You know, I'm taking it out on my family because I'm just so impatient. I'm so frustrated. I'm at my wits and of everything. <clears throat> and one night I just knew that was it. I had well, to go back. Well, before that, we had called um, a couple, a family member who was a nurse or going to school to be a but nurse. He's, and then another friend of ours. He's actually in nursing he now. Is, he's a nurse yeah. now. So we had, you know, you weren't wheezing. But yeah. remember that one night, um, your whole chest was the cramping? Yeah. And it looked like the movie Aliens. That's how. Like yeah. your chest was going to burst open. Yeah, you just see it move over just like my it fist. It was the craziest thing. And. But they would ask. I called a nurse hotline. Yeah. And I was like, "He's is he wheezing? No, he's not wheezing. Where's his oxygen? Yeah, I had no symptoms of the bacterial double pneumonia mm-hmm. that and, I was getting or I had. But if you would just move <clears throat> a tiny bit, you would lose. It would go down to what? Mm-hmm. Um, was it 81? Yeah, the lowest ever got was like 67. Yeah. The lowest. And 76. that's when. 76 was the lowest. That's when you almost you blacked out. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that then. See, so then after we called them, they were like, dude, you need to go back. We were on literally a half a tank of oxygen. Of oxygen because we would use I had them, I had to have it, man. And I wasn't recovering the way my body was supposed to. And there was also that one night where your oxygen tank Well, that was the night before I was going in. Yeah. And that's when we noticed our oxygen had this had this consistent when you know it's like because dude that's like sleeping with the fan on all night yeah that machine became my rhythmic rhythmic out in a rhythmic whatever yeah. sound that I needed to 
try to fall asleep, at least kind of find that zone. It was loud. It was loud. And we had to move it. And <clears throat> Laura woke up. This was the night I was going that that I knew that night was almost it because that was the day before I went in. It's three in the morning. Laura just got up. She went to go check something. You said this doesn't feel right. Yeah, the pressure was low. Laura got up and checked the machine wasn't giving me the oxygen I needed. So she called the company and told them how serious it was and was that was at four in the morning. Yeah. So we had one tank left that we were I was very careful on moving. Mm -hmm. So we were I was very aware. I was like, don't move, just focus. Cause if I don't move, I don't need oxygen. So when it got to that point where I knew I needed is when I started pumping it. This is at six in the morning. These guys show up. They don't open until like nine or 10. So that was a blessing. And they gave us a brand new machine. They gave us a bunch more tanks. Mm -hmm. Laura became this tank hustler after I went back in the second <laughs> time. But I knew that night, that day, all day, just my body wasn't recovering. And I told Laura, I was like, I got to go back. I got to go back. And this was like three in the morning. My kids are up. They're scared. They're very, they were very traumatized with this. And um, this is kind of where things go from bad to worse. Mm -hmm. I sit down and I talk to my kids and I apologize to all of them for being impatient, for being very egotistical, very prideful, very, very disruptive if I'm in the mood, making them feel like that if dad's not happy, then we're not, we're the problem. And all you other perfect people and parents out there, man, you guys kiss my ass, man. You know, you think that, you know, all Jose's this and that. No, nah, man, I'm very aware. I was very aware. So I sat down and I was specific to my conversations to all my kids. And I won't tell you guys because that's for them. You know, I looked at Caleb and I was like, bro, be the man. I'll tell you just the stuff I've said to people already. I'll be the man that God's called you to be. Son, I want you to be better than me, better than I'll ever be. Don't be like this. Don't be like me. You know, and he was very receptive and everyone was very emotional. And same thing I said to Lily. I'm like, Lily, let God find, let God give you your path for you. Don't feel like you want mom and dad happy. You know, I got to do what, they, because it's going to make, no, nah, man, you find what God wants for you and let it be, let it bring you joy. And I knew she was getting into instruments. I knew she was teaching herself how to play the bass. She taught herself to play in a week mm -hmm. and she was teaching herself guitar. She was using my guitar and I gave her my guitar mm -hmm. and she broke. She started sobbing because she, and she's like, dad, this is yours. She's like, this is your baby. I remember when I was little, you would be on stage. You would be during worship using this guitar and you're giving it to me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, baby, this is, this is for you. And that same thing. I talked to Kehlani. I told Kehlani, I was like, God has a big plan for you. You know, I apologize for putting pressure on you. You know, and you guys need to be your age. Don't feel like you have to grow up fast because I'm a piece of shit, you know? 
And then I talked to Laura. And that's, again, that'd be between us. Mm-hmm. You know, but maybe from your perspective, Beth, what what was that conversation like? And what did it do for you? I, mean, I don't think we ever talked about it after, no. even till now, yeah. a year later. Yeah. Um, it was, it was very <clears throat> like, um, like, is this really happening? You know, cause everything we were going through, I was like, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't think you weren't coming home. I knew you were coming home, but just to see like you had that doubt, I was like, oh my gosh, this is. I'm throwing this in the towel. Not good, you know, but I still believe that we would get through it. But just the words that you spoke to the kids, I mean, completely lit them up mm-hmm. in a time that really to see you at your weakness at the our lowest, all of us were like, what's going on here? But still at that moment, you're able to build them up and give them give them something. Mm-hmm even though you thought like it was your last, your last time. Um, and it was well received with them. They, they've never been the same since yeah. that day. And, um, well, I think that's kind of where my mind was. It's like, man, what kind of father would I be if I didn't prepare my own kids for my own death? Yeah. You know, what kind of husband, what kind of man would I be if I didn't prepare my family for my death? And I told, Everybody, I've told people this that I've told you, babe, sell it all. You got like 30, 40 grand in that office. Sell it all. Get rid of it. Remarry. Find somebody to make you happier. You know, I got to that point. Mm-hmm. And again, man, these are my things that I, I had to face again <clears throat> fully because I knew, yeah, I prayed to get out the first time. But that night, I just, I had this. I was 99% sure I was done. The way my body was shutting down, I had to go back. So once I went back. Well, there's so much things in between that um, we can't just tell you. It's really like when you experience it, it's like. Well, what parts then? Like when you would have to use the restroom, it was like an hour and a half process. This was before still. Because you couldn't breathe. Yeah. You know, just moving you, just scooching you a little bit. It would just throw it all off. You couldn't breathe. Yeah. To, it's like, and we had to do that, what, three times, two times? It's yeah. like, that and was it was a weird. Lot of work. I wasn't eating or drinking, you know? No, you weren't as much, um, but obviously you had the insurers and yeah. that probably you kept made me protein. Yeah. But, um, and then there was those nights or those days where you just could not get enough air and you had, the home care oxygen and you had the other 15. So you, you were, you were on like, I think we had 13 liters of oxygen here. Yeah. And which, the fan, but you came home with only needing four. Yeah. And so that's just, when we're like, how come you need more. both now you're on 13 liters of oxygen. Yeah. And, and then you're, um, when you just could not breathe, there was moments on the couch and like, I couldn't help you. I couldn't just say, breathe, breathe. It was like, I felt so stupid saying that. But all I could do is like rub your leg and kind of put a rhythm to the breathing to yeah, help you. I remember that. Because you would have those um, panic attacks or just something. It was just really, 
out of nowhere. Yeah. It and happen. well, that you're right. Cause I know that's where, again, like we said, we noticed things just start turning for the worse. I'm supposed to get better, getting better. So I knew that night again, it was like two, three in the morning. Yeah. And Lord dropped me off, you know, and I went in cause you waited in the car cause they weren't letting nobody in. And, you know, I don't know how you felt after I got in. And I told you, yeah, I'm getting admitted. So know. right before that night, well, that night, a couple hours before, I was probably like 11 or midnight. Um, you were very irritated. <laughs> and obviously it's because <clears throat> you didn't know what was going on. And you knew you could only, I could only see what was the problem. But I did not know how you felt. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I was at a point like, I can't, I don't know what to do for you. Like I'm trying to do everything, but it's just like, you're not getting better. Well, that was the tribute part is that you were trying to do everything for me <clears throat> on top of mom life, house life, yeah, shopping, bills, food, gas, everything. Well, there was times where I would have to go to Walmart and you would call me. And like, hurry up! I need to go restroom. Yeah, she couldn't. Uh, yeah, I couldn't use a restroom by myself. That's how weak I was, you know. And again, this all leading up to going back after having a conversation with my family, or my kids, or my family, all of us. And but I did feel <clears throat> like that, I thought she was in a snap. I did. I did feel it. Yeah. That brink of okay, that go I'm gonna blow up. And Probably. I was like, and I seriously feel like God punched me not, in my sleep. <laughs> I don't want to blow up. Yeah. I was like, God, I need your, your strength right now because this is getting really hard because I was doing everything. Still, like I, I was recovering from COVID. I felt better, but my body felt weak. I had to recover still. I still felt weak doing everything, but there was um, <clears throat> one of the nights I, I think it was a night where your chest was cramping up. But right before that, I was sleeping, but I felt weird. Like my breathing felt weird. And I think I would tell you that I was like, I felt like I couldn't breathe. And but in my head, it was like, you're doing it. You're, it was just so weird. I don't know if it was like God saying, look it, you need to get him in. Yeah. I don't, I don't have no idea, but I woke up. I was like, I would have had weird breathing patterns right now i felt well it. i think I, you i think i remember you telling me that you know, I, felt, I felt weird i could, couldn't breathe like, like i don't know if i was holding my breath <clears> but, I can, of, but i was awake in my brain and i was like what are you doing right now laura just breathe. i just think your body was taxed period maybe that was it because again if i wasn't sleeping you weren't yeah but when i had those breathing it, when i felt that pressure on my chest i woke up and you were up and I could see you struggling. Yeah. And I was like, I think it was just trying to wake me up and say, okay, you need to pay attention because something's happening right now. And that's when you said my chest is yeah. caving in and it's it I have horrible. an alien and it's just like you see it just, you know, like like movie aliens. Aliens, yeah. And again, out of all, saying all that again, back to that, you know, I, I was better prepared. Yeah. I had brought my laptop. Yeah. I brought um I brought change I brought clothes clothes. Yeah. You know, and I knew I knew I had to go in. I went in this time around with the mindset I'm going in. Yeah. 
You know, so that night I took this picture. You guys, here's a picture of that right there. <clears throat> and I just knew because that night the the doctor and the nurses were like, they gave me um what was that pill? Diversivin or Viversivin or something like that. I or, don't know. I forgot. I have but, them all written down somewhere. Yeah, but they were like, yeah, this helps get rid of the, the symptoms and everything of COVID. I'm like, well, shoot, give me it. So I took it. Luckily, man, because I looked it up after um, Vindesivir. Vindesivir. Um, I text my cousin Chris or our uncle Chris, whatever, cousin Chris. We love him. Love you, man. Because uh, I know you watch and listen. Um, but then you and, and my mother-in-law was like, yeah, Vindesivir is what kills people because it, it attacks your kidneys. Mm-hmm. And I'm so fortunate and blessed that my kidneys were not weak. They're not shot. They're very healthy. So Rendesivir. Rendesivir. Yeah, probably. So people that were actually taking that were dying. It's not probably. It is Rendesivir. I remember it. Okay. Um, I actually had it on my phone in my notes. Um, But people were dying. And luckily, it's like, man, I'm blessed to know that. My my kidneys were fine, and but another nurse, very helpful man, just told me she's like, "Yeah, did you take that?" I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "They didn't tell you what it does." I'm like, no, they just said it cured the symptoms. Yeah, they say that only because every pill they give, the pills like five thousand dollars. They're like every pill they give that they get more back, they get more money. You know, and these are very helpful people. Mm-hmm. You know, and the doctor there was actually a pretty cool dude. You know, but he gave me, he he recommended it. But luckily, man, bless, I'm blessed. So I went in for a CT scan and, you know, and at this time my body, yeah, was weak, but I was pretty slim. You know, I still look fit kind of because I knew I we were working out mm-hmm. all year last year, mm-hmm. April until I got sick in August and every day. It wasn't like I was going crazy. No, we had a routine where it was upper body, then the next side of the upper body, then the other side of the upper body, the back, the legs. And we switched out to where every day the muscles that we were working out weren't getting destroyed. And so I go in for my CT scan again. And this nurse fit dude, buff, just, you know, he he extra, he extra ordered extra medium. You know, scrubs. It's like, bro, come on, man. You don't, you know, we get it. You're fit. But he he was my CT nurse and they put me in a tube and he came out and he was just looking at me kind of up and down. I kind of felt violated. You know, it's like, why are you biting your lip, man? <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's like, hey, man, did you, uh, he's like, I asked you something. He's like, can I ask you something? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you're, you work out, right? You seem like you're fit. I'm like, yeah. I told him, I told me and a wifey, man, we, once they opened up in April, that whole thing until now, or at least before I got sick, we were working out every day. He says, bro, let me tell you, man, you saved your life. He says the first time and then you're when you were home and you being back here, you're, you gave your body the strength and the nutrition and your muscles, the oxygen to fight this. Mm-hmm. He says, you're, you, you're losing right now, but, you're going down fighting. And he he said that very specific. He said, because we get a lot, and this is his words, and this offends you guys, man, then, you know, whatever. But he's like, fat people die. 
He said, we just had a young kid, 27 years old, couldn't fit in this tube because he was so fat. We couldn't treat him. We couldn't scan him in the CT, the CT tube or his scan. And this thing's pretty big. And this guy couldn't fit into that. He's like, he died two days later. He said, because we couldn't scan him. We couldn't, there was ways that we needed to do it and it was just too late. And he's like, you saved your life. So when I got admitted again, I had this new mindset of like, I, I'm here. This is the best place for me to be here to fully recover because I'm not going through what I went through this last time. I don't want my wife to go through it. I don't want my kids to see that. And <clears throat> so I get readmitted and I text you and I tell you and you're driving home. I was waiting. You were waiting out in the emergency parking lot. Mm hmm three in the morning. And then after I text you and all that, what happened? What'd you feel? Um, I honestly felt relieved. Um, only because I knew like, like get rid of this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I knew like, this isn't getting better. And I was like, how long are we going to be doing this? Yeah. I mean, we seriously, I remember you telling me that <clears throat> that nurse said, if you would have waited another day, yeah. you wouldn't be here. Well, I had this thing even last year, huh, babe? I felt like I needed to work out. Yeah. I needed to eat right. I needed to do something. And I li I was listening to my body. Mm -hmm. And we started doing that. And then we started working out. Yeah. That night, I had I was like, even before when I first got COVID, I have to go in. I'm scared of the hospital. I hate the hospital, blah, blah, blah. I listened to my body. Mm -hmm. Best decision ever made. The second time or the first time when I that night went back the second time, I listened to my body. That's what it, I told you. I go, Jose, you have to listen to your body. And I sat there. I'm like, I got to go back then. Yeah. And then that's what the nurse said. Like, you listen to your body. You saved your life. Mm -hmm. So we began that process. Um, And they said you didn't have COVID. Yeah, I did. I got bacterial double pneumonia. Cause they saw my lungs and then that nurse too's like, bro, your lungs are up. Look, mm -hmm. and he showed me it. My lungs were just gone, obliterated. And they were worse off than the first time I got my lungs. And my lungs still hadn't recovered from the first. So my well, lungs got destroyed then, twice back to back. Yeah. And then they said they were even more full. Yeah. The, the left, either vice versa, whatever. The left one was like 94% full. And the other one was like 87 it was that bad. And yeah. he showed me the fluid in my lungs. And it's like every time I, but I didn't have the wheezing. I didn't have the, <gasps> I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. It was weird, those symptoms. And they, and again, they were treating me as a COVID patient and yeah. I didn't have COVID. So you went through that whole. Again. Yeah. And that's why I was like, man, they gave me that rendezvous. I didn't even have COVID. You know, that's what, there's a lot of. Two times. Yeah. yeah, twice. And, but the first, the second time I went back, I had a mindset change. I knew I had to face it. And you it were it, staying there. Yeah, it <laughs> got worse. I got worse. I Again, I wasn't eating. This is when I wasn't taking no pictures or videos. I was calling you, and I knew. Well, you would call me, <clears throat> and you would just like, just talk to me. Yeah. You're like, I can't talk back right now. I couldn't talk. He's all, just talk to me. And I was like, well, what do you want to talk about? He's all, anything. What do you like to eat? Yeah. How do you make it? Just tell me. Just talk to me. And that's what we did. Yeah. I just talked and. 
I couldn't <laughs> sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't breathe. And it was the same function. But this is where I think God really revealed himself to me. Because mm-hmm. this is the part of that story where my body was shutting down still or my lungs because they were damaged worse off. Mm-hmm. So I had to fight that. So I was back on hydroflow right out the gate. And my nurse, oh my gosh, I forgot her name, but beautiful, beautiful woman. And she just, she was, she was the lung special specialist. Mm. Her whole career in life was just lungs. And she said, Mr. Cruz, you're going to have to lay on your stomach right now. Beautiful accent. I think she is from Zimbabwe and, and just tell me just her about her family. And she was just, you got to lay on your stomach. You have to lay in your stomach. So I was like, and I hated it because, like, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I did it though. And she's like, they didn't tell you to do this the first time. I was like, no. She's like, wow. She says, that would have helped you at least by 40% mm. if you lay in your stomach prone. And it was like at an angle, it wasn't flat, it was like this. Mm. You know, my back was, you know, I had my blood arch, that lower back arch. <laughs> And so I started doing that. It was very, it's helping, but it just got worse. It's because it would expand. Yeah, because yeah, well, on your stomach, my lungs would always expand. So, man, it's weird taking that deep breath, man. I just we don't realize how much we need breath and air. Yeah, just doing that right now, I couldn't do. And so that, I don't know. Again, I don't remember the process from that because again, I couldn't sleep, mm-hmm. I couldn't eat, I couldn't drink, I couldn't do nothing. They were making me. Yeah. And my nurses were making me. They were like the best thing. So there's one time, I mean, your boy was exposed, exposed. <laughs> you had a lot of first times in there. I had there. <laughs> a lot of first times in there, man. And once I, there's this one time where kind of like the doctor there was just trying to force intubate me. Yeah. And I remember this one, this one day I heard this commotion outside my room and it was just, I thought like it was somebody was like ER, man, rush, rush, ER, you know. But it was out. It, it just kept getting louder and it stayed louder. You know, when you're, ah, blah, 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 and it just kind of goes away. It didn't. It just stood there at my door and I knew. I was like, man, those are those doctors out there and those nurses are fighting. Because they were in your room, right? They before, were in right? my room. Yeah. And then right after they come back, hey, Mr. Cruz. I was like, y'all, I ain't stupid. Why are you guys fighting? And the doctor would tell me, you know, you got, we got to intubate you. And da, 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 da. She says, well, I got to be back. I got to make a call. And then the nurses tell me, don't let Jose, don't. You're, you're, what makes you different than everybody else on this floor is that your recovery time is much faster than everybody else. Mm. But he's trying, she's trying to force it. So don't. So they told me no. So I said no. Man, her phone calls were the worst. <clears throat> yeah. She had like no bedside well, this, manner. Well, this is was the. Um, Every time <clears throat> she well, called. Well, I know that. But there's this one time where I had to use, finally I take a dump. Yeah. So I got up, I sat in my little portable toilet and they made me get up. It was the hardest thing ever. But what was cool because they gave me, I had my hydroflow. Man, this was this was crazy. The hydroflow was doing 98% of my breathing, but they had a backup mask mm-hmm. that I needed another 50%. Mm-hmm. And me doing that, having those, just I felt great. I was like, man, if I have walked around ever, I'll be fine with this. But just for me to go take a dump next to me, and it was like, rocks I had to put two 
So, but the, the nurses had a routine to bring me up, make me go to the restroom, make me sit down, sit up for a little bit, then lay down. Mm -hmm. So once they, we did that whole marathon, the doctor walked in and that doctor shut it down. I was like intubating now and we're fighting. And I was like, no, no, no. And then it was like all hands on deck. I had like 13 people in the, in my room. They were checking me. I was on my stomach and they were doing all these nurses were whispering in my ear. Don't let them. And remember, this is the day I didn't call you. And I called you every day. Mm -hmm. We had a routine. Yeah. But that day, I didn't know that doctor called you and told you what? She told me that it was not looking good. Your husband's and, and you had called me the night before, you know, and I could, we started FaceTiming. <clears throat> we got a better phone, so I could FaceTime you a little bit better. Um, but yeah, she was like, He's not doing good. He's going downhill. We went to intubate him. Um, we need your, he's, he doesn't want to because he doesn't understand or something like that. Um, but we're going to, we're calling you to let you know. Maybe you can talk to him and convince him. Something like to that extent. Yeah. And I was like. Well, she made it look like I was dying. She did. She made it sound like she I was made it dying. Sound, yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. He was. He told me all his vitals yesterday. And it's a big, big difference. And I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? So yeah, that was that was really scary. And then I think you called me about 10 minutes after that. Yeah, this all that happened like seven in the morning until like one o'clock, two o'clock. Yeah. It died down. Mm -hmm. And then I called you and you were crying. And I didn't know that doctor did that. And and I think this is kind of where it all changed, literally, like for the good. Mm -hmm. Because the next day I had this one nurse come in. He's like, dude, how you doing? You know, Filipino guy, little fellow Filipino brother mm -hmm. came in talking to me. He's like, hey, dude, I had exactly what you had a year ago. Just like you. I was in this hospital. It's, he's a like, let me give you my routine. And he gave me. His routine. He was like, this is what I did. Uh, this is what, whatever, da-da-da-da. Um, hold on. Phil's coming. He's, he's wondering if I'm still recording. Sorry, guys. I'm, this is all. This is all legit. And he's one of the big dudes that helped me out. Homie right there. But this guy was like, here's my routine. He wrote it down. Mm -hmm. He's Jose, you need to develop a mindset to get up and make yourself. He's, so he wrote it down. I taped it on my bed. And again, I'm picking out a big old booger still. My breathing and my, my anxiety is still like destroying Fair. me still. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I need to get home. He's like, you want to get home? And he wrote it down. He's like, he smacked it on my leg. It kind of hurt. He's like, this is how you get home. Mm. So I looked at it. And that night, I implemented that that morning. The, the schedule was get up at 6 because that's when about 6.30, 6.40, the nurses come in. No, 6 in the morning, they come in. No, 5 in the morning, they come in, draw my blood, do all the stuff. So 5.30, about 5.45, they're done. And about 6 o'clock, 6.30, breakfast comes, and they let it sit there. So once breakfast came, I sat up, made myself, and I sat in the chair, and I made myself eat, even though I was scared, scared to eat. <laughs> and so 
<laughs> I sat, ate my food, organized it. I was like the cleanest patient there, they said. Mm-hmm. Everything I had, I was clean. I cleaned my bed. I cleaned, like I organized all my tubes, all my hoses to where I made slack. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. And I I knew I had to change. And this was my mindset change. And I started doing that routine. Yeah. So I ate breakfast, seven o'clock. I did my own sponge bath. And then off and on at night was like hard, you know, because if I needed something, they didn't come. And I was like, then the floor nurse, the main nurse, this is where my first experience was. Because I started my routine and these nurses that were like volunteering from like other states like Dallas, they were just like, hey, we're here to fill in, you know, whatever. They didn't come when I called because I knew, I knew I think after a week I needed it. I needed Xanax. I needed um, morphine and I needed another, I needed, I needed uh, melatonin or, or. Yeah, that was like the second week. That was the second that. week. But after that first week, I had that encounter. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was like on a Monday. Perfect. It was where everything was like in the first day of the week. So that Wednesday, I was going through some stuff at night, and they, they weren't helping me out. So I talked to the floor nurse. And I'm like, look, man, I'm trying to get up and start a routine, but they're not helping. They're not bringing me hot water because I want a sponge bath, you know, because I knew all my nurses' schedules, the ones that were helpful and the ones that were just lazy. Mm-hmm. She's also, you haven't? I'm like, no. She, and, and I'm like very emotional. I'm like, this 40, 41-year-old man turned into a biggest baby on earth. I mean, I'm not going to lie. And babe, you're right there. And I told you this story. This floor nurse was freaking hot. I mean, they're all covered up, but her, you see her badge and her face. I'm like, damn, you know? And it's like, no wonder you make this money. Laura's all mad right now. It's like, you know, but, um, but for real. And I was like, I haven't taken the, I feel dirty still. She's all right. So she came back and was like, and she stripped me butt naked (laughs) balls out. And she went to town in every crevice. And I'm like, I don't know if I should be happy or I should be embarrassed, you know, because it's like, it's not my best moment, you know. <laughs> but she, she but I, I noticed right after that, she was just doing her thing. And, you know, she's all on my thing thing. The only other woman that ever touched my thing thing. And, you know, Laura's all mad. <laughs> Tiny, man, that's why we, that's why we real and authentic, man. But, man, she was hot, man. But outside of that, I understood the profession. I saw the professionalism. Yeah, that's her job. That's her job. So she went. She's. I'll be right back. I'm. I'm like speaking span. I never been washed down like that. Even the first time mm-hmm. that that night, I took a shower when I came home the first time. Mm-hmm. That was the last time I was clean, and then she made it feel like I was like fresh and clean. I was shaving. Yeah. So she came back, and she's like, "What do we need to do?" I'm like, look, I need to sleep. I can't sleep. I'm trying to get on this routine because so-and-so gave me this list. And I need to follow it. She's like, you know what? I helped treat him too. She's like, that's going to work. Let's do it. So they put me on this schedule. And I I figured out when I needed to fall asleep because I knew I couldn't still. My mind was still racing. So again, I woke up at 730 at 8. So I stood up till like 10, 11 o'clock. No, no. no. Yeah, about eight thirty, nine o'clock. I laid back down on my stomach, Mm -hmm. and this is where I recorded my first video. And this is where I knew I had to change my mindset. So before we get to the next topic, here's that video. Watch this. What's up, y'all? I'm gonna try to vlog, if you call that. But um. 
What's today? Let me look. It's Monday, September 27th, 3.03 p.m. I am laying prone with my hydroflow mask on, receiving 75% oxygen. Things got a little tough, but um, I'm going to pull through. I look beat up. Your boy looks shot. But I don't care. I'm just trying to get home to my family. Uh, I'm not watching TV right now because I'm laying on my stomach. So my wife brought me some flowers. Uh, yeah, so I heard some interesting news today. Did my third X-ray or another X-ray and. Seems like nothing has changed. X-ray looks a little bit better before the first time I was here when I got readmitted. So I think that's a good thing. It's not getting worse, and the slow process of healing is where we're at still. But it's not getting worse. So they try to intubate me today, or at least recommend it. Freak me out a little. I said no but this is my position I have to be on my stomach prone for 16 hours a day so I have to be if I have to be for 30 days to get home it's worth it so I'm going to try to document this stuff Right now, it's still hard for me to get up, use the restroom without having crazy shortness of breath. Um, I did get up to go pee. and actually did pretty well. But it's when I would lay down and my body relaxes and tries to rejuvenate is when the oxygen goes back down. That's not a lot. I was told today I recovered pretty fast. It takes about nine minutes for me to cover to get back to like 90s. Whereas some patients here take about 30, 40 minutes. So I'm blessed. I'm not, I got nothing to complain about. This really has put a lot of perspective on where I've lacked, taken for granted, things that I didn't appreciate. It's too bad that we let it get to that point. So want to get on real quick start document this Laura I love you all my heart I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you God putting you in my life Kaylani Lily Caleb I love you so much so much you guys are my heart you guys see got your pictures hanging on the door look at you guys every day so, yeah, I'm going to try to document this, put something together when I get home. Nothing fancy. Just straight authenticity. It's scary. It's scary. Especially being by yourself and having to deal with your mental health, your anxiety, panics. One of my nurses 
Lucky, he's a good dude. Tell me, Jose, people die of COVID. He's been a lot of people. I've seen a lot of people die because of the anxiety attacks that they can't get under control. He said, don't be that guy. Find your motivation. Find your strength. Find your inner peace. So, I've been trying. So, I'll log back on or I'll log. I just start shooting some video here and there. I'll go from there, y'all. All right. Love y'all. Bye. I don't remember shooting that, but that's when I knew I, it changed because I knew how much I appreciated my family and how much I appreciated not wasting time. And that was the trippy part. So after that, that's when I started, it, I started seeing the change. But again, I wasn't eating. I was making myself, but it just wasn't working. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, but I once I found a pattern. I was taking you food every day. You were, and I was still wasn't eating it. You know, they were pissed off, my nurses were, but <clears throat> they very respectful still. So now that I'm at this point where I'm on a schedule, getting sleep, and once remember that one time I didn't call you that night because I slept all night. Mm-hmm. That that night, that morning I woke up, I felt I felt good. Like your body heals and recovers while you sleep. Yeah. That's why it's important to get sleep. So I think once I got in that system, because again, about 9:30, I took a nap and noon they brought lunch. So I got up, did the same thing. I ate my lunch and I got up to walk five feet, walk back to my chair. Because that's what the guide said, the nurse said to do. So I did that. Try to eat my lunch. I I drank a lot of the Insure. They said, if you're going to do that, if you're going to eat or drink anything, drink that. Because at least you get vitamins. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so. Remember they said, I was taking you Gatorade and like, don't yeah, drink Gatorade. He's like, Gatorade's the worst thing to get. It, ca- it causes more inflammation. Yeah. So I know we had a lot of propels. They <clears> said <throat> those were good for you. Mm-hmm. So I know I had, you had a few of those waiting for you. Yeah. So I think once I started hitting that stride, man, I was still fighting my depression. I was still fighting my anxiety because I, I knew I needed to be there. That was the best place for me. And I think like, like I know I was texting earlier, but Philip and hundreds and hundreds of other people that called me and texted me and messaged me were one of many people that came and brought my family food, supported us, mm-hmm. took care of us. And because believe it or not, even though you were in the hospital, you still had me taking you food. You're still, or I would, I had to do stuff, I had to get on the place ready for you when you came home. Um, you became like I know one of of the nurses gave you a list of vitamins, so I like natural supplements. I was out looking for those vitamins. I was, you know, I mean, you were doing work, I still felt pressure busy. And so, like making food, I that was not on my mind at all. Mm-hmm. So the people that brought me dinner, like all, all of us, Justin, man, thank you every so day. much. It was a huge blessing. It just took that burden off of off of me. That one thing to worry about. Yeah, and I knew the kids needed to eat. Yeah, but they weren't like, "Mom, what's for dinner?" They were just like, "They're very patient." 
Very smart, very and aware. We still, we they had took a, care of themselves. They did. They all knew. <clears throat> Old faithful noodles. I mean, and plus after COVID, we didn't have quite an appetite yet. Yeah. So we were still dealing with that. But I mean, that helped out so much. Yeah. Well, that's where I think, again, um, once I started figuring out that routine, I mean, again, I know I'm doing a routine, man, and I'm working out my lungs because they actually know what they're, I'm no, I know what I need to treat and work out, man. But again, my appetite, my fear is still there, that PTSD and all that, man. Um, but like your weight loss every day, you can see your weight loss. Yeah, I different. lost a lot of weight. A lot. Every day, your face, your shoulders look different. I was like, oh my goodness. Well, here's a picture of me when I got released. You know, you guys are looking at it right now, but that's not even nowhere near what I tell. what I had yeah. when I was home. And because again, I still had the struggle. I still had, you know, I couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. You know, that bacterial double pneumonia was the worst, and so. I think now after getting in that routine, man, my body was still struggling. I still had to, I feel like I was making it worse because I was moving. But I had my massage gun with me. So one of my nurses that was um, prescribing all the natural supplements and he was just like, dude, I'm not vaxxed. And he's like, but I have natural supplements that me and my family, we fought off COVID what you had naturally. And I thought, this dude's dope. So he gave me all what I needed to take and I sent it to Laura and Laura went and found it, mm-hmm. you know, and um, Script Pharmacy, right? Yeah. You mean you guys need some vitamins, get some real stuff, hit up Script Pharmacy here in Clovis. Yeah, they're really um, good. But I don't know. I don't, because I don't, don't want to dive into all that because this is a long podcast already. Mm-hmm. But I, I think once things started changing, man, is when my nurses were praying for me. Yeah. And they were writing my names in their Bibles and on their favorite scriptures. And there's like every day when they read their scripture, they prayed for me. Mm-hmm. Two, three in the morning, man. Beautiful Mexican, little Hispanic abuelita, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, the housing nurse. And she would just clean the, my room. With anything that was already clean because I would make, make sure it was clean all the time, even though I was dying. But she would pray for me, touch my feet. Say say a prayer in Spanish. Someone put a rosary that I have right here still, um, even though I'm not a Catholic, but it means something to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, someone printed out a picture of Jesus, put it at the head of my bed. Um, and I think that's what helped me. They gave me that human interaction. Yeah. And I can say all that to say, man, even at this moment, I felt bad. I felt worse because I remember shooting this one video where I'm sitting on my back and have the phone. You see me, you know, shirt off and I'm looking, you know, at my, and I, it's weird to see my, well, I'll show this video. Watch this video right here. All right, guys. Um, Coughing is messing me up, but just another update. I'm doing okay. Just this cough, but the cough is good. They said expands my lungs. Uh, don't hold back the cough. They said 
big old spit cup. It's tough. Miss my family. I miss you guys. All my friends. But we'll get through it. It's a tough time right now. But I'll get through it. Not sure on the oxygen levels I'm on. Changes. So, whether up or down, I don't know. I keep forgetting to ask. It's, uh, Tuesday, September 28th, 12 18 p.m. Uh, trying to take it day by day I don't want to rush it last time I rushed it and look where I'm at now I'd rather leave fully recovered or good enough to be fully recovered I do not want to go through this again I definitely want to <clears throat> just start over on my workouts respiratory workouts lung capacity stuff now not now but when I get home just do research be ready for this type of stuff I know I'm 40 years old I want to be around a while for my kids grandkids God willing I never want to make that mistake. I'm trying to rush because I don't like it here. These fine people are doing an amazing job. Stink keeps messing up. Yeah, I just fixed it. Oh, thank you. Good yeah. job. Thank you. Yeah, I knew they'd come in. They can monitor my heart rate, breathing, saturation, all that. I'm at a 95 saturation. I'm trying. God's good. This is definitely put a lot in perspective. It's too bad I had to take something like this to get my attention. God, you got my attention. <clears throat> But we'll make it through it. To all you guys giving me love so much. 
love, support for my family, for me. All the calls, text messages, DMs, comments, shares. It hits different. It hits different. I really appreciate it. I can't get by if you guys weren't doing that. I wanted to tell you guys that. I don't care how I look. I got beat up. But you know what I know how to look like. I'll be back. So I love you guys. Kehlani, I love you. Lily, I love you. Son, Caleb, I love you, buddy. My wife, Laura, babe, I love you so much. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Keep praying. Daddy be home soon. Alright, guys. See you guys in the next one. Bye. I mean, I, again, I don't remember most of that. Again, I wasn't trying to vlog. I mean, these are my lowest moments. You guys are, this is the first time I've ever putting this out here. And this is real vulnerable, man. This yeah. is real. I don't think we watched them all the way through. No. It's I was, not something you want to go back and, oh, let's yeah. watch our video. You know? Yeah. It's I not. mean, I've showed Jonathan. I've showed, uh, I think I've, that Jonathan was the only one I think I've shown. Yeah. And Jonathan just broke. Yeah, he didn't know. You know, and he and he was, I think he was out of town for a while or he was doing something. He's just busy. <clears throat> but, I'm, you know, I'm saying all that to say, man, because once I got home, that's where the struggle happened because I knew I was getting released. Shout out to my nurses that are friends with me on Instagram that follow me. And those mm -hmm. guys are my heroes. You guys are my heroes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to send you guys this link. I love you. I'm not, I'm here because of you. I'm still here because of you guys. I'm doing this because of you guys. Yeah. Such a blessing for you guys to help me fight seeing the biggest 41-year-old baby on earth, you know, because I've never experienced anything like that in my life to where my body was done. I'm helpless. And I'm thankful and I'm blessed to know that there are nurses and people like you out there to help. And put your lives on the line for patients, for people that are sick, hurt, injured. And you guys do that daily and you're not rewarded. You're not acknowledged as much as you should be. Mm -hmm. Lisa was one of them. And Annette. And, um. Louis, uh, man, Luis or oh, not Luis. Um, I forgot her name. I'm friends with her on Facebook. I think it's Figueroa, but praying, powerful prayer warriors, man. You met Lisa mm -hmm. when she brought me down. Mm -hmm. Man, yeah. she's dope. She had the high, the high cut on yeah. the side is dope, <laughs> but. 
<clears throat> that was a routine. I once I started getting my sleep, once I started finding myself going, I had knew I knew I had to take Xanax, morphine, and melatonin or the other one that one, the strong one that puts you to sleep. Um once I put that, once I took that like at 9 30, 10 o'clock, I was out. Mm-hmm. And then my body woke up at five in the morning when they gave me the blood, they drew my blood, gave me all my other shots that I needed. Every day I was taking vitamins, zinc. They're pumping me full of that stuff. I mean, I still have scars on me from all that and on my stomach. And I mean, again, I'm still here. Yeah. You know, so I'm at this point now where they're telling me, are you going to go home? And this time they gave me for sure day and we, they followed through. We got tanks. Again, Laura's hustling tanks. Yep. We're only supposed to have like one, maybe two yeah. a month. One. One a month. And it, and you like, and you have doctor's appointments that last over two hours. Yeah. How's that supposed to last? So Laura hustled. Yeah. We had nine tanks. <laughs> and they, and we go through three or four of them and she'd rotate them out the next day. I was get I was <laughs> She's a hustler, baby. I was driving. <laughs> I would drive because I knew the weekend was coming and I know they wouldn't d- deliver. Yeah. So I would. That's over on, was it? Marks. And, and Golden State. Close. Yeah. yeah. Barstow and Golden State. Yeah, Gold State. Golden State and Barstow right there off the near the 99. Close. And we live here in Clovis. Yeah. So I knew, okay, I had to prepare <clears> for the weekend and I had to prepare for Monday because they don't get to deliver till Tuesday. Yep. So I they knew me. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> they, yeah. This cruise. I was like, I just dropped them off. They refused. Put some in my car and yeah, and we were home. the only ones I think that had that much. We were stacked. Yeah, well, it's it didn't happen like uh, I was asking. It just they said, "Do you need more?" I was like, "Yeah, how many more? Uh, give me three more." That side hustle right you know? there, no, like under the table. I just had to, you know. And I think again, that's what saved me here. That's what gave me like the will to keep going. Because when I got home, it wasn't like yay, because it yeah. was. But it was like, all right, this is the slow process, Jose. Yep. And this was maybe because August I got it. Then late September. September. Mid-September, I was released the first time. Right? Because August yeah. I got it. So about mid to late September, I was released. Then August, September, October. First week of October, I went back. Then October till like mid-November. Or like early mid-November, I was released. No. Yeah, because that week or a few weeks before that, no. No. Yes, yeah, I don't. You remember. were you were out of the hospital by the by October first. We were ready. You were. Yeah, ready. I was like that re- crappy recovery mm-hmm. that month because again I wasn't eating. Mm-hmm. And once I'm home, that again the process is the same. You guys, I couldn't walk to my room. I couldn't walk to the restroom. I couldn't do all that. And they want you to the they want you to go to the doctor and they yeah. want you to do all this stuff. So I mean, I was on the phone. I was still trying to take care of you, trying to get doctor appointments. <clears throat> but it, I think it changed because we started taking all those natural supplements, those vitamins. Well, actually, yeah, those that, that's really when it changed. That's when I saw your color come back. I was gray. Yeah, and then um, you had to take your injections for your blood thinners. Yeah, because I was a diabetic because of all those steroids. The blood thinner was because of the steroid or mm-hmm. the medication. No, the steroids. Yeah, was the, the diabetic. 
So that's why, okay. you know, and so. So you had to take those and you had to do your insulin. And then we had to, um, but the, I noticed a big change when you had the inhaler. Yeah, we had that. They didn't give me that the first time. Yeah, doctor prescribed you an, an inhaler. And um, she gave you a six-day steroid. Mm -hmm. That helped. That is where we saw it mm -hmm. change. And that's where I felt like I was still struggling because I remember the first time it was like three in the morning again, everything because I couldn't sleep. I stood up for the first time by myself. Yeah, I would have to pick you. Yeah, but this time I did it and I saw myself in the mirror and I just broke. Yeah. I had a mental breakdown. Cause I had not seen, I'm not used to seeing myself so frail. It's not so much, oh, I gotta be in control. I'm in control. I'm that's all I'm used well, to. Well, you didn't look the same. Yeah, I so looked when you looked in the mirror, you didn't recognize yourself. Yeah. And so I broke. Yeah. And I'm weeping, I'm sobbing again. I'll be real with y'all, man. This this is what happened. And once that happened, you know, my wife, my family, man, they came and they just started saying some prayers. Mm-hmm. And that's where I believe God started helping me release more and just really talk about certain things. And this is when <clears throat> I think this is when the turning point happened because that's when I just started being more patient. Yeah. You were telling me don't rush because I, I think I can do it. And I know I couldn't. But then there were nights. Remember when I'm sleeping and my tube would fall off. But I sleep through the night. Because remember, I wasn't sleeping you first. You wake up, I feel you feeling around on the bed. Yeah. But I remember one time I woke up in the morning, my tube was off. And I'm like, man, I'm sleeping without my tube now. So we tried that. You know, we had an exos, of course. Yeah. But then I started taking showers. You know, we got real scientific with that, boy. Oh, yeah. You know, like the temperature in the room. Had we kept the door closed for about an hour. And or the main door, then we left the restroom door open. So there was all one same acclimated air. And I felt like and at Laura's like science, boy, <laughs> like in that 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 water, the same as outside. Because when I stepped out, it's the same. And yeah. man, we figured it out and I was feeling good. You, but you still needed both of the, yeah. the tank uh -huh. to take the shower. But it, I was taking showers. You know, and you were I was comfortable at yeah. that level. And I was finally using the actual toilet. Mm -hmm. And that was a struggle in itself. It wasn't just me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but shout out, wifey. But um, it started changing. You know, people were coming over now. There was, there were, there's, again, there, people were visiting. So I needed that because it's been a while since I saw people. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Start telling them this story. So about November. Mm -hmm. I walked. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the story where at one night I thought I can run because I walked from the bedroom to the living room. And I'm right here by the living room, right here by the wall by our refrigerator in the hallway. I think you were frustrated or something. I was frustrated, but my mind's like, if I can do this, I can do I can do this next stupid thing. So it's like three in the morning, four in the morning, and I see Laura sitting on the bed just looking. She looks away real quick and looks down. And my mind is like, all right, run or jog to Laura. Bear in mind, I've lost 80 to 90% of all my muscle mass. And it was, I was just frail walking like a baby deer. Yeah. Like beyond baby deers. Yeah. And 
I take a dart run straight down the hallway. And once I ran and I took that first step and I thought, yeah. And my body was like, nope. And my, my leg just buckled and I slid like six, eight feet down the hallway. It's like, it went in levels. <laughs> I fell down in levels. You know, I fell down in layers. And Laura's like, what are you doing? You know, like real exorcist on me. And I was like, I thought I could do it. And then Lily, Caleb, and those guys wake up. <laughs> they see me in my chones. What are you doing, Dad? You know, so again, that's how determined I was, man. Frustrated. So I made it a point every day to walk. Remember, we mm-hmm. brought out the... Um, the uh, psych or the bike, whatever, the workout bike. And I was trying. And once I can figure out to get like some motion in my legs, I was like, let's walk outside. Remember that? Yeah. Let's just walk to the front porch without a wheelchair. Cause we were doing, we we're going for walks. Remember we would, um, it was like five, six <clears throat> in the morning. We would, I would wheel you out mm-hmm. on the patio just so you could get the sun. Yeah. And we would sit there. With yeah. the oxygen tube all, ran all the way And this there. is when the fires cleared up and I was actually getting fresh air for the first time. Like, just, I haven't been outside. Yeah, you just... um. Mm-hmm. I remember you saying, like, all you could think about when you were in the hospitals, man, I wish I could sit outside on uh-huh. my front lawn. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't do that now. No. Man. But just having that. But that's where it started. Yeah. Because remember when we sat out there, I was like, babe, let's walk to the sidewalk. And I had my walker or cane. What did I have? You had your tank. My tank. But no, I didn't have a walker. Yeah, you did. We had the walker. Yeah. Yeah. So then after that, I was like, you know what? Let's walk to the stop sign. And you're like, what? For real? Mm-hmm. And we'll go get the wheelchair just in case. Yeah. So I think after a week of doing that, the following, this was like November. Yeah. First week of November. I walked down Minnewawa. Mm-hmm. Towards Shaw. Yeah. And I bleeped that because I don't know where to live. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I go live or I do a, a video of like, and people are like giving me love, you know, they're like, good for you, man. And, and you're walking and I'm like, I'm still <clears throat> spotting you. Yeah. I got that video. I think I'll put it up if I have it. I think I do. If it is, it's up. You guys are seeing me. You're not hearing me talk, but. But this is the time I'm texting Johnny Fisher. Johnny Fisher was going through his mom with his loss with his family and man. Mm-hmm. But Johnny Fisher was there for me. And this is kind of when we were like, here, my mind is already, I was like, get back to work. And this is when unfiltered ended. When I could actually walk around and unfiltered happened. You know, and that's why we walked. We was like, we were like, screw it. We're doing our own thing, man. But I, and my intention wasn't to start this or do it. But I just wanted, I needed to get back to work. So we're talking to Johnny Fisher and I'm like, Johnny Fisher, let's get to work. And then I could actually talk and move by myself very, very slow. So we shoot our first pilot episodes late November. But this time I'm in my office. I've already shot unfiltered the way I thought unfiltered was going to go. Then all that happens. And then. You still had oxygen on. I still had oxygen on. And once I knew unfiltered ended in the way it did, um, I just knew I needed to do my own thing. And yeah. I'm like, me and Laura sitting in the office. I'm like, wait, what should we call it? I asked you. Yeah. You asked me, and I was like, I don't want to do it, huh? You're like, 
he's like, no, you answered me. I'm like, what should we call it? And you're like, still here, son? Yeah, so I'm still here, son. That's what I said. Still here, son. Or I'm still here, boy. Yeah. But I thought, no, nah, I don't want to say still here, son podcast. So I was, no, it's still here podcast. And, and then like, I looked at you. I was like. That's it. That's it. That's a trip. It was just that. Still here. There was here. no other. How about this? How about that? There was the. It was just still here. Yeah. I'm like, still here, son. And I was like, dang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still here podcast started then. I called Johnny. Johnny's like, sign me up. Let's do it. And we had Sean Soares on our first pilot episode. And I think the rest is history. Yeah. You know, and February 26th, man, we launched season one, episode one. Yeah. So technically, that's our anniversary. That's our beginning. Because the pilots were pilots, and I'm moving around. I'm talking. I'm We're still talking to people. I'm getting stronger every day. Yeah. <sighs> getting fat. Because I remember late November... I got my appetite back. <laughs> I was like, go get me some burritos. Like, that's why your boy thick. You know, go get me some pizza. Go get me stuff I've missed out on for six months. I didn't eat. Mm-hmm. Man. And the, again, the rest is history. You know, and I feel like that's about 90. We walked a lot. We walked a lot. We made a point we gotta get from back November, December. Um, we made a point to go out for walks at least once a week. Yeah. As a family, and then me and you would walk. Yeah, so now, well, we started working out a little with Patrick, but my I passed out a couple yeah. times, and so we had to stop much. that. Um, but it's not by no fault of Patrick, because I remember I was running up a hill with freaking 85 pounds on my back. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest accomplishment I've ever done, I've ever had. You, you realize guys- on <clears throat> how much oxygen... Our body needs just to I mean, take a dump, <laughs> just, just to go to the restroom, to go to the restroom, just take a shower, just yeah. to walk to like, hey, I'll be right back. Yeah, I did that when Justin was here and I passed out because yeah. my mind was like so normal, but my body was like, nah, dude, you're still recovering. Yeah, you went down. I, I, I passed out, and Justin was like, he didn't know what to do. So I'm all just get the wheelchair, Justin. Yeah, real little over here, help me pick him up, you know. So that's where I think. The perspective, the time, my mind was building on the new show and my business. Yeah. And the direction. I think that's where God gave me a new vision, a new passion for it. Huh? And family. Well, that's that's obvious. That's living sometimes, it out rather yeah, than just planning you just it out. Say it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. And and I think those three things, man, especially my relationship with God was just is this, is in its own category. Because there's no one can match that is things started changing, man. God started blessing us. February on was just amazing, you know, and here we are now, you know, and I think to wrap this up, because you guys have seen the shows, you've seen, I've talked to a lot of you, you know, my story, but that's, that's the whole story. I believe of my experience of being out. Because there were a lot of people that were tripping out like, no, not Jose. Not mm-hmm. you. No. No, you're Superman. Everyone's like, no, you're Superman. Jose? Down? No. It took you out that bad. They were surprised. And, you know, it's I, re- if, for those that have, haven't, have didn't see the whole COVID, either with family members or anything, but um, it's really hard to explain 
but experiencing it, it's crazy. Yeah. It's a, it's on a whole different level. And, you know, I hope you guys never experience it like that. Yeah. But um, it. If you do hit us up, we know what to do. Yeah. You're right. You know, and I think now out of, out of all that, the help, the support we got, hands down, man. Again, here I am thinking no one loves me before I got sick. No mm-hmm. one calls me. No one's this. No one's that. You know, because you think, shouldn't people do that? You know, expectation. Is that my fault? But I think it was out of, I, I realized God showed me, man, when I think when people look at you different, I think this is where I think people see growth. They see they see something in you that you don't see. If you feel like people don't call you, maybe think about it this way. It's like, no, that's Jose. He's always doing good, so he's doing good. Why do we need to check up on him? You know, I feel like that's a different leader. That's a different type of person. That's a different type of alpha. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. You know, because here I am all insecure, (laughs) not knowing that everyone... The reaction was like, no, not Jose. Yeah. He's not, no, this could never happen to someone like him. They all said it. And I think that's what changed my mind on people that don't call me or don't hit me up. And that just shows how they view me. It's a blessing. It's not, I'm like any better. I'm the strong man, the alpha male, but all that. No, I'm not Andrew Tate. I don't care about that. But it's like, you never know where you're at with people. You never know where you're at with yourself until something happens and they finally reach out to you. It's like, no, you changed my life, Jose. You impact, man, the impact I guess I had on people. It's like they remember how I made them felt, how I treated them. Didn't judge them, didn't throw Bible at them, didn't throw anything. I lived a life, I guess, in a way that impacted them. And they wanted to return that favor a hundredfold and the blessings and the support from food finances, all that happens so quick. Um, it happened a lot even after, but yeah, I'm thankful. I'm at where I'm at because of those people. Me and my family are, you know, I'm at where I'm at because of you, babe. And I forget a year later how easy it is for me to slip back into mm. work mode, dirt bag mode, busy mode, frustrated mode, life mode. Mm. To sit here and talk about this fully, man, only reminds me how good God is, how gracious he is. And I, I do see and feel a growth. <clears throat> <clears throat> you know, because I did die. And you said the best thing I've ever heard in my life. What'd you say? <laughs> I said, well, if you did die, then the old Jose is gone. And now it's your turn to live the life you always wanted. Mm-hmm. You. Clean. And, and- a clean slate. And you said, whatever else I put in is up to me. <laughs> whatever else you do from now on. It's on you it's this on time. on you. Yep. And that's, that's, I kid you not, that still rings true. Because there's things I know I say and do that I really f- fix first. <laughs> 
and not just let it fall off the side. Yeah. I see it. And I'm more encouraging to my kids. I'm more uplifting to them. You know, hopefully to you still, still got to grow. But again, man, you guys are never grown. You guys are never fully arrived. You guys are never perfect. So don't Mm -hmm. put that on you. Whatever you got going on, whatever, anything, man, from all these conversations we've had with our guests, man, that's where I'm at. That's where we've been at. The identity gap. Who are you? What's the gap? What's stopping you to find that? Yeah. The burning your bridges, man. How bad you just want to prove a point just to hurt them, just to say, look, got you. You know, and giving, putting yourself out there, knowing that I can buy whatever I want, but you will support what you, the Bible says, what you've done to the least of these, you've done unto me. You know, and your word. Again, everything we've talked about led up to this. Whatever the situation is, man, if it's just nothing, I don't know. But you never arrived. You'll never be perfect, and that's all right. You never believe like me, and guess what? That's fine. I'll never believe like you. But that's fine, but I can respect you and love you for who you are. And I think at the end of the day, man, that's what God wants. That's what Jesus the example he wants us to be is to live it out and not talk about it. Whether you believe in him or not, whether you believe in the word or not, whether you feel like it's outdated or not, I don't know. But I choose today to live a life of a living example, not by words, not because of a platform, not because of all this. Because I found out when I had nothing, when I was stripped down in my underwear, 190 pounds, 80 pounds, looked like death. I didn't have no chain. I didn't have no Jordans. I didn't have no next clothes, the, the car hearts. I didn't have none of that. The Apple watches, I was just nothing. And God says, you're still my son and all you need is me. And the song that comes to my mind is the heart of worship. says, when the music fades and all that's fade away, and I simply come, longing just to bring something that is of worth. says, I'll bring you more than a song. And it says, I'm sorry, Lord, for the things that I've made it. And I'm coming back to a heart of worship. I'm coming back. And I try to avoid this. (laughs) Because I've had my doubts about God. I've had my arguments, so-called arguments. And all he ever showed me was love and his grace. As much as I wanted to throw dirt in his face. He showed me love at my lowest moment still when he had every right to say, I told you, this is what you get. Ha, you deserve this. All the people that I know, family, friends, close family members that say that to me now, God never did. 
So I'm coming back to a heart of worship. And I'll bring you more than the song. This is who I am, y'all. I'm not perfect. I still deal with issues. And I'm fine with that. I think that's why I'm so vocal and so open to say anything. Because I have nothing to hide no more. That Jose died. And I pray that you guys encounter God the way you deserve to encounter God is by his love and his grace and his mercy. You guys deserve that. You deserve to feel loved and blessed. And you can only find that in God. I said my whole experience, we talked about all this. To let you know God loves you. And your boy loves you too. You're still here. Remember that. When everyone else says you shouldn't be. When the world says that you're not good enough, that you're nothing. When your family member says, oh, you're just like your mom. You're just like your dad. You're still here. Don't ever forget that. Don't let no one ever take that from you. You're still here. When you're down on yourself, when you feel like I'm nothing, who am I? I'm nobody. I don't have nothing to say. I'm not, I don't got nothing worth talking about. I'm nothing. I'm nobody. You're wrong. You're still here. Don't believe your own lies you tell about yourself. Don't believe your own words that you tear you down, that tear yourself, you tear yourself down. Excuse me. Don't believe it. Push through it. You're still here. Yeah. You guys are still here, man. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Hear my experience. I'll take a few times to listen to it, but still here, boy. We got a lot of things coming up. Cool things planned. New direction new vision every day I pray that God give you that peace that surpasses all understanding new vision new goals because if you can use a fool like me if you can use a clown a nobody someone that's been tore up kicked to the side beat like a whip dog he can use me man he can use you for whatever it is that you feel you know that he wants for you and you know for yourself believe it I love you guys I got deep but you guys stay tuned man go follow these go look out go check out all these other episodes we shot man these these great people man just great stories I don't care about going viral man I want to tell their stories I want to support those businesses I want to support that creator. I don't, I don't give a damn about viral. 
I don't care. I want to connect whether I reach one person or thousands. I'm going to still do this because it impacts you. I know the comments. I know the support and the feedback we get. I know it's working. I'm here for you guys. We love you. Stay tuned. Still growing, still adding hosts. I know I've been saying that, but these guys' life get busy. Well, you know what? We're growing little by little, man. Slow and steady wins the race. I love you guys. I'll see you guys soon, man. You guys have a great weekend, man, and we'll see you next week.